Are you struggling to get your project off the ground? Is the term research a dirty word? Need help finding more resources? Today, the Center for Nursing Inquiry has a guest to join the podcast. Welcome, Carolyn Fowler. Carolyn is the director of the Center for the Practice of Collaborative Leadership at the Johns Hopkins Hospital. She holds faculty joint appointments at the Johns Hopkins University School of Nursing and Bloomberg School of Public Health. Carolyn, who trained and worked as a nurse in South Africa, is an award-winning educator whose career has bridged public health and healthcare, as well as academic and practice settings. Her unifying career focus has been developing leadership and community capacity to find evaluation-informed collaborative solutions to complex issues. At CPCL, Carolyn's focus is supporting nurses from frontline to boardroom in the practice of trust building, curiosity, and personal mastery. Welcome, Carolyn Fowler. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another podcast. Elizabeth Scala here, the Research Program Coordinator for the Center for Nursing Inquiry. And as I just introduced via her brief bio, I'm here with Carolyn Fowler, the Director for the Center for the Practice of Collaborative Leadership. (laughs) Got it that time, Carolyn. Welcome. Hello, Elizabeth. Thank you for inviting me back. Alrighty. So listeners, we've been kind of tuning in with Carolyn for a couple podcasts now as the Center for Nursing Inquiry and the Center for the Practice of Collaborative Leadership are partnered. You know, they're sister centers in that there is overlap. We have to be respectful and collaborative if we're going to work on an inquiry project, which we did cover in the first of this series. And we'll have more down the road for you about how these two centers kind of are interwoven and how, you know, you really need these tools that Carolyn is discussing here on the podcast to be able to form these teams for the inquiry work you want to do. So today, we're going to talk specifically about strategic convening, which I know we're pretty familiar with the idea of collaboration, interprofessional work and teams, but I actually, and until today, I haven't actually heard of this term strategic convening before either. So first off, what does it mean? Well, strategic convening is a term that I started to use a lot in public health. And let me tell you what strategic convening is not. All right. So strategic convening is not a convenience sample where you say, we want to do an inquiry project. Whoever has time, you all come. Right. That's not what it is. It's also not a voluntold committee where people say, we are going to do work and we want the following disciplines to be represented. So person from pharmacy, person tech, RN, physician maybe. And so it's not where you're saying, okay, I just want anybody who wears that hat to sit at the table. Strategic convening is based on the fact that I'm convening a group as a means to an end. The team itself is going to drive the success of this inquiry project. And in the same way that we understand the need to strategically plan our projects, what we're really doing is we're strategically planning the way we'll do it by convening the right people in the right place at the right time. So it's a very thoughtful and purposeful, it's an intentional way of thinking about who 
needs to be at this table so that we set ourselves up for a successful inquiry project. Hmm. So I'm curious. So it's, you know, we're strategically going out and getting the right people at the table. And I, I'm sure, just as you mentioned, listeners out there would be happy to hear it's not a voluntold situation. We're not just conveniently sampling for who's so you described what it means, what strategic convening means, but why should we care as we get into these projects? Well, I did work for years in coalition, and people always used to say things that well, people leave coalition work or they leave partnerships because they don't get anything out of it. They get tired, they're done, they disengage. But the reality is that's not true, Elizabeth. What's true is people leave partnerships because they don't get to put anything into it. And what we take away from partnership is that joy of sharing insights, learning from each other, being respected, being valued, and being part of something that's bigger than us, greater than the sum of the individual players. And so if I want people to be able to truly bring something to this partnership, then I need to invite them to that partnership. And I need to think about what is it that I hope you will bring? So for example, Elizabeth, if I say, I just need you to be on my committee because I need somebody from an inquiry to be there, that's not respectful to you. You don't feel valued. When you're making a decision about where to invest, do I invest time I don't have? Why would you choose to invest it in this meeting? Whereas if I'm able to very clearly say to you, I see skills and attributes and insights in you that I think would be really important in moving us forward. And I approach you directly with those. That is a direct invitation to you to share your skills. And it also is an act of me saying to you, I see you and I acknowledge you and I respect you. I love it. I'm thinking in my brain about partnerships where I didn't feel quite invited. There wasn't any opportunity for me to provide. You're right. It wasn't joyful. And I eventually either ended them or kind of just bowed out. <laughs> Thank you for that specific clarification. And I'm sorry if I was cutting you off. Go ahead. Oh, no. And that gets back to the conversation you and I had about psychological safety, because then, you know, the role of the leader, if the leader sees that in meetings, you know, when somebody offers an opinion, eyes are being rolled or things are being discounted. That's why that psychological safety is so important, so that even if you have brought the right people to the table with the promise of their voice being heard, you then have your meetings and your interactions in a way that honors that commitment that you made. Mm. Excellent. Excellent. I love the tying in of the various concepts. So you're suggesting that strategic convening can help us bring the right people, you know, those correct people into the room, because I loved what you were describing. You know, you say you put out that invitation, you know, I see this skill in you and this is going to help move the project forward. So in addition, I'm thinking this might help others who may not always be able to participate in project work, be able to be part of it. So I mean, does strategic convening help uh, the work in practice and how how does that how does that occur you know in our real life settings right well imagine say that you are developing a garden together it's not a research project it's a garden right and you know you'll need a core group of people who really commit to designing the garden and taking care of it and 
you'd like somebody to know something about gardening, but not everybody needs to be an expert. But there could be times where you need somebody just to tell you, you know, what's the best way to take care of these pests? Or what happens if none of us is available to water? We're all out. Is there maybe somebody else who could come in and water the plants just this one time when we're all overloaded? So in in this garden analogy, you have a group who are your core team. They're the core central team of the inquiry project. But you can reach to other people at different levels of intensity. So maybe you need somebody to be a subject matter expert for you. Maybe you even need somebody who's sort of a naysayer or somebody who's opposed to the change to really just to tap into, not so that they can whine, but so that you can literally, you know, really honor and listen to the voices of the people who are concerned about it. And what I found in, you know, 20 something years of working in in public health was that once I created opportunities for people to participate in a way that was less burdensome, to participate even virtually, or to send feedback on something or to review something, then firstly, many more people were prepared to be part of it. And many more senior and skilled people were prepared to be part of it because they would say, I can't commit if I have to be there every month, but I can commit to you if you want somebody just to have a look at it or to help you understand how it fits strategically within, say, at the system level. And so it it allows us to invite more people without us having overloaded meetings, without us taking too many people away from the bedside or making unreasonable demands on our partner's time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think additionally, on the flip side of, you know, let's talk about that leader that you're tapping into just to lay eyes and maybe doesn't have to be at the meeting. Additionally, I hear that strategic convening could help us bring along newer people who are interested in inquiry and have specific skills, but may not, let's say, feel 100% successful or competent or confident of leading like an EVP project from beginning to start. However, if they have certain skills, you know, this would be a great place to strategically tap into those and help them learn other parts of the process along the way. Oh, absolutely. And it's a huge trust builder for that reason. Well, that was my next question. So great segue. I'm curious, how uh, can you speak to how strategic convening builds trust? Well, right. Yes. And I don't want to get into too much detail about this. But essentially, imagine this, that you're somebody who thinks they want to get involved in EBP, but you're not really sure your skills are up to it. You may feel anxious about not being methodologically sound enough. And so because you don't trust your own skill level, you don't want to participate. But if I am able to invite you and say, we don't need a whole bunch of methods experts. We need somebody who's a young frontline nurse who has to deal with this every day, who has great insights into how it might impact the unit if we were to make change. You're, you're a key stakeholder for us in this process. And so you're able to invite them in in the sort of role of, of the expert stakeholder. I mean, because they are a frontline person. They truly are living this. And in inviting them into that space, you have the benefit of their insight and their input, but they have then the benefit of being in a place where they feel respected and nurtured. We are helping them learn new skills, which is a trust builder. We are listening to their opinions and listening to their voices and considering the impact on their world. That is a trust builder. And it's just, it's a beginning of a very developmental journey, which gets back to a conversation you and I have had before about the very act of convening an inquiry team is an act of collaborative leadership and leadership development. 
Excellent. Excellent. I love it's great for me, you know, as Carolyn has said, we've talked about these concepts before, but it's interesting to see how they are intertwined, how they overlap with each other. So Carolyn and I already did record two previous podcasts. If you want to go backwards in the podcast catalog and check out the first, which was the overlap between collaborative inquiry. The second, we did talk about questions first, methods second, and then today our third with strategic and I do know that Carolyn and I plan to have more podcast conversations, kind of why we weren't embarking, embellishing upon the trust conversation at the current moment. So Carolyn, where can people connect with you? How can they reach you online? Well, Elizabeth, if anybody has a question specifically for me, they can get me at cfowler and the number one at jhmi.edu. And if they have a more general question about CPCL, then we can be reached at cpcl at jhmi.edu. Excellent. And just before we close today, everyone listening, we all are are so on the nursing intranet. And I know there's a lot of clicks to find us, but across the top of the nursing intranet, if you click on professional practice, it's one of the main menu options. So click professional practice. And then on the left-hand column, you will see both of the centers listed, the Center for the Practice of Collaborative Leadership and then the Center for Nursing Inquiry are both listed on the left-hand side of that professional practice tab. So again, thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you next time with some more podcasts from the Center for Nursing Inquiry. Thank you.